Oh, calm down, Haley. All right, so in a psalm today, we've got psalm number 73. Um, I have a couple things highlighted. Uh, the first is verse 1. How good God is to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. Very good. Verse 17. Then one day I went into God's sanctuary to meditate and think and thought about the future of these evil men. What thing, what a slippery path they are on. Suddenly, God will end them, will send them sliding over the edge of the cliff and down to their destruction. All right, let me do, let me read that again. Verse one, how good God is to Israel, to those who, whose Hearts are pure. Then one day I went into God's sanctuary to meditate and thought about the future of those of these evil men. What a slippery path they are on. Suddenly God will end will send them sliding over the edge of the cliff, and down to their destruction. So, God loves those whose hearts are pure, and he will see to it that evil men get their just desserts, get their comeuppance. Amen and amen. Um, I'm going to start this off with getting a drink of water because my throat's going to dry out quickly here. So, this show, I'm going to... Um, Number one, uh, read you guys a little editorial that I wrote. Um, I kind of call it, Let My People Go. Um, and it's, I'm going to send it out all over the country and see how goes it, um, from New York to LA and, um, Wherever I can think of in between there. And um, especially around Ohio. Our Ohio Lock It Down has been uh, extended to May 31st. Um, we'll get into that later. Um, so pandemic protests have turned the government 
tyrannical is going to be another topic of discussion. And then we're going to talk about uh, the latest developments for General Mike Flynn. So let me get this first thing going, cheer. Um, I thought about for a while as uh, a lot of states were starting to end their lockdown pandemic orders and then some states opened things up then they closed things up they said they were going to open up and then they said no we're going to do things differently um so this is what i wrote the danger has passed the curve has been flattened, peaked, plateaued, and is now on the decline. Given the dire forecast models our leaders were faced with at first, drastic measures were the correct course of action. The hospital and medical system are not overwhelmed. Extra hospitals built by the Army Corps of Engineers were underused or not used at all. We need to reopen America, not so the president can brag about his economy, but because people are hurting. The worst case scenario never came. The highly contagious COVID-19 is not highly lethal. It is time to reopen America. Before I delve into why we should reopen the U.S., I think it is important to know how we came to close the economy. The models on mortality and the curve constantly changed over the last few months. The reasons our health and government leaders, our health experts, pardon me, and government leaders gave us for taking such drastic measures, also evolved with time. The initial panic alarm was sounded by epidemiologist Dr. Neil Ferguson. In a paper from Imperial College in the United Kingdom, Dr. Ferguson forecasted 40 million deaths worldwide if no action was taken by world leaders. The grim forecast for the United States was 4 million deaths without mitigation and 2.2 million with some mitigation. This scared our leaders into, or scared our leaders to take drastic measures and scared citizens into accepting those measures. We were told the highly contagious virus would have a mortality. Oops, found an error in my thing already. Have a high mortality rate. 
because there were no known treatments and no herd immunity. The highly lethal narrative quickly changed to one where hospitals would be overwhelmed with COVID-19 patients, leaving no room for heart attack, auto accident, and other critical patients, even with mitigation. The models forecasted a near capacity or an overwhelming surge on our medical system in mid to late April. Praise be to God, there was no surge. This all begs the question, was the mandatory shutdown of the economy necessary? I drive for a living. In early March, it was clear that the fear of high mortality and fast spread of the virus, fueled by the media and politicians, was enough to cause people to self-quarantine. The fear of a high mortality rate was keeping people out of bars and restaurants. So much so, several bar and restaurant owners, waitresses and bartenders, told me their places of business were adjusting hours of operation and fearing closure for lack of customers. Mind you, that that was the week before the shutdown orders. It makes me wonder if the government could have sent out guidelines and warnings leaving the decisions to the people and businesses. The American people have been willing to follow guidelines. It is possible to protect the most vulnerable in society, the elderly with underlying conditions, without a total shutdown. Less constringent measures that were not economy killers would have been effective in mitigating the spread and saving lives. I do not want to sound like I am downplaying the mortality of the virus. As the president says, one death is one too many. New research showing the infection rate is high is as high as originally thought. New research is showing the infection rate is as high as originally thought. We know this from antibody testing, the Santa Clara study, the USC study, the New York study, and a German study. The additional number of infections is lowering the hospitalization rates and the mortality rates of COVID-19. While highly contagious, the virus is not highly lethal. Another case for reopening the economy. 
and ending lockdowns are the financial, physical, and mental toll these policies are taking on people. It is a known fact financial fears will lead to depression and suicides. Domestic violence and child abuse have already risen in places with strict lockdowns. I see people at intersections begging for food and spare change. I saw a lady pacing by an exit ramp like a lost soul. Her appearance was not that of someone who you would expect to be pacing by an exit ramp. Like a... Oops. Exit ramp. I wondered to myself, is she recently homeless? All of these people at sea have one thing in common. They have the 1,000-yard stare in their eyes, like that of a shell-shocked soldier. The toll of sudden loss of income takes on the human soul worsened by the lag in unemployment payments is one thing our leaders need to consider when it comes to reopening the economy. The Swedish model recommended social distancing limiting gatherings to 50 people, among other recommendations. There is no total economic shutdown in Sweden and no stay-at-home orders. The Swedes have voluntarily followed guidelines like using less public transportation and standing one meter apart in public. Once this became knowledge to the American people. The cable news media reported an increase in deaths in Sweden. Sweden is in the middle of the pack when it comes to mortality rates in Europe. The COVID-19 pandemic is more like a saga with more plot twists than the best Hollywood script. Remember in January when the World Health Organization tweeted, this coronavirus could not be passed human to human because China said it was not contagious human to human. Now we know it is highly contagious but not highly lethal. Our Surgeon General said it was not necessary for the public to wear masks. Now, not only is it recommended by our leaders to wear masks, some states and towns are making or mandating masks in public. Not wearing a mask can be punishable by citation and fine. I totally agree. We need to protect our elderly with underlying conditions. There are plenty of churches, charities, and good Samaritans who will help the elderly 
get necessities like food and toilet paper. I myself have made a few grocery runs and fast food runs for older friends. Reopening the economy is easier said than done with the pandemic of fear created by cable news media and politicians. Our leaders need to be as aggressive in reassuring the public it is safe to return to the new normal. Recommended social distancing, recommended masks, and hygiene are vital, but the fear tactics need to stop. The models of black plague level mortality that struck fear into our leaders have been wrong from day one. Our political leaders need to lead and calm the American anxiety attack that is worse than the virus. To quote the Louis Armstrong lyric from the song, Go Down Moses, Let my people go. So, we'll see if that editorial letter gets published anywhere. Uh, I'm certain it will, at least in my local area, because a lot of my uh, editorials get published in local newspapers. Go back to the podcast. Um, so this pande- pandemical um, has really led to some tyrannical things by governments, uh, state governments. Um, yesterday, you know, the president let his guidelines not really expire because there are still our CDC recommendations, but there's, um, it's not a mandate like it kind of was at first. And that means nothing. Um, excuse me for slurping my water. Um, it's always been, you know, down to state and local leaders to do what's best in their communities. Uh, for example, um, the city hall, the city government building in my town, uh, is reopening Monday, but, uh, there's gonna, you have to, they recommend you wear a mask, uh, into the city government building. They recommend you pay your bills by mail or online. Uh, we do, it's our, it's village hall. We call it, okay, at our village hall, you know, we collect fines for uh, the police. We collect sewage bill payments. Um, and, of course, you have, you know, your mayor and other officials. But if you want a in-person meeting with somebody, you need to call ahead and make an appointment. 
uh, you know, so that's kind of common sense uh, stuff to, you know, to put in place. Uh, Tuesday night, there's a council meeting and they're recommending or actually, I think they said require everyone to wear a mask. Um, and also, um, social distance while at the meeting. Um, this is, uh, because our mayor, uh, has recently recovered from cancer, but she's on a chemotherapy pill. So I don't know if that chemo pill weakens your immune system. That's the only medicine I know that she's on. She could be on others that uh, weaken the immune system. But, I mean, she makes no bones that, you know, she's a cancer survivor. And she's on the chemo pill now for, like, five years or something. Um, but anyways, hi, Nance. Um, other places, the government has turned more tyrannical and... We see protests mounting in places like Michigan, uh, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, and Ohio. Um, people are taking things too far and calling leaders Nazis. Um, for the podcast, I'm going to play a clip for the f YouTubers. I'm going to pause the video for a minute. Hey, that actually works. Found a new button. Uh, this is a clip about protests in North Carolina where uh, they want to end lockdown restrictions and some people were arrested. Not only were supporters of reopen NC here, but healthcare workers also out here voicing their opinion. They stood with their arms crossed, wearing scrubs, lab coats, masks, and gloves, not responding to the heckling. It angers me that we have to be out here. It angers me that people aren't, you know, wanting to take care of the vulnerable in our population. Those across the street supporting the reopen NC movement. Chopper 11 estimates some 350 people were at the demonstration near the legislative building in Raleigh as lawmakers returned to session. Many reopened NC supporters are not practicing social distancing. I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm not wearing a mask either. Sakia Royal works at a neurological center in Goldsboro. She says she supports Governor Cooper's stay-at-home order being extended until May 8th. I understand their anger, but I don't think they understand the consequences. Chopper 11 footage shows at least one person getting taken into custody. A portion of Jones Street shut down today, and there was heavy police presence, but everything was pretty much peaceful. In Raleigh, Gloria Rodriguez, ABC 11, Eyewitness News. Well, okay, well, Gloria Rodriguez is kind of cute.
Alright, sorry for the long pause there. Alright. So we're back on the YouTube. <laughs> sorry, I had some tobacco stuck to my tongue. You know what? Smoking a cigar during these videos and podcasts is turning into a pain in the butt. Um, so in Norfolk, Carolina... And other places, Ohio, uh, Michigan, people are protesting the government's rollback uh, or government's extension of um, stay-at-home orders and uh, mitigation orders. Uh, in Carolina, five people were arrested. Um, so let's read this article real quick. Activists want the North Carolina government to roll back coronavirus safety regulations on businesses took to the streets. Reopen NC protesters gathered outside the General Assembly in Raleigh starting at 11 a.m. The protesters were largely peaceful, but four arrests were made. My bad, I said five. Can't count. Lisa... Marks Todd, 55, Wendy Kath, something I can't pronounce, 53, of Catawaba, and Ashley Elena Smith, 33, were charged with violation of an executive order and resisting arrest. So they were charged with violating the government's executive order. Fourth person, John Dane Ward of Union County, also faces a third charge of injury to real property. So I guess he vandalized something? Police said Warren is accused of damaging a mechanical gate on state property. Okay, there you go. Um, so one of the organizers of the NC... Uh, Reopen NC Facebook group called the rest a shocker. Uh, in a release, Smith said that she suffered a wrist injury as a result and police took away her eyeglasses, limiting her ability to see. No one, not one Capitol Police officer, practiced social distancing during my entire ordeal, Smith said. Well, they can't social distance if they're arresting you. What are they supposed to do? Stand back and tell you to put the handcuffs on yourself? So much for following the law, she says. Capitol Police said that all said that all were arrested after they violated the executive order by participating in a mass gathering while failing to maintain appropriate social distancing and refusing to comply with comply when given the opportunity to do so. So one, government cannot take away your right to a mass gathering um, regardless. That's a constitutional right called freedom of assembly. So right there, I don't care pandemic or not, the government cannot tell you you are not allowed to assemble. Um, these people were doing it peacefully, but they weren't following the social distancing 
in the executive order from the governor of North Carolina, uh, which I would say that executive order is probably unconstitutional too. But, um, I mean, who's to tell you you can or can't assemble and stand next to somebody? You know, they can't constitutionally order you to stay six feet apart. Um, refusing to comply when given the opportunity to do so. So they refused to move six feet away from one another, so they were arrested. I think that's kind of odd. According to a crowd estimation, there were 350 people. Police, like our governor, swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, and today they violated that oath, Smith said. Prior to my arrest, we had worked peacefully and cooperatively with the Raleigh PD and Capitol Police, and the arrests were a shocker. Counter-protests, protesters also came out for Tuesday's rally. A group of people dressed in scrubs, wearing medical masks, stood across the street from the reopened NC protesters. Some reopened protesters began shouting and heckling the counter-protesters. That's not really necessary. Um, Governor Roy Cooper was asked about the protest in his Tuesday afternoon coronavirus press briefing. I understand that people are eager to ease these restrictions. I know it's frustrating to stay at home so much, but our families are hanging by a thread. I would counter that argument and say this. It's been proven now that this virus is not as lethal as once thought. Okay? Um, So to say people are hanging by a thread because the virus, the boogeyman, is still out there is a little ridiculous. Um, It's just not true. Um, Many studies have shown that the virus is highly contagious, but not highly lethal. You, okay, let's just get get facts straight. The people who died in Italy, which is basically the hardest hit country in the world by this virus per capita, uh, were 98% were above the age of 80. They smoked and they had underlying health conditions. Uh, The underlying health conditions were probably from smoking because Italy is like a huge smoking country. Nothing wrong with that. I don't want to be caught. Don't want to contradict myself while I'm chewing on a stogie and insulting people that smoke. Um, Although it's important to realize um, smoking a cigar is not like smoking a cigarette. At least most people, if you're smoking a cigar right, you don't inhale. You uh, puff 
you swirl it around in your mouth to get the taste, and then you blow back out. As you see, I'm sitting in a cloud of smoke. Um, now, I'm sure somewhere along the line, I inhale some smoke, but when I go to my doctor appointments, I have clear lungs. So I've been smoking cigars off and on for 20 years um, and have yet to develop any problems, but that's another point. Um, so these protests go on in Michigan. Michigan is, um, it's hard hit, you know, but with the research shown that it's not deadly, it kind of changes, it should change the narrative and change uh, what's going on. I want to believe that our government leaders are really doing what's best for us. I know here in Ohio, um, Dr. Amy Acton, uh, the head of the health department, or Department of Health, however you want to say it, is taking quite uh, the beating by protesters. Um, some are holding up Nazi flags, which if I were at, if I ever go to one of these protests, and I'm kind of thinking about it, uh, I will light your Nazi flag on fire, you dumb cracker. These people are not Nazis. Um, Nazis were, as I've said before, very vile, disgusting animals. And nobody is treating you like the Nazis treated people. Okay? But the matter of the fact is, people want to go back to work. They don't want to sit at home and pray and hope that these welfare checks that the government is doling out show up in their bank accounts. Um, and in some cases, the unemployment due to either glitches in outdated computer software or due to personal errors, the, uh, the basic unemployment is not making it to the people. So we have to consider those things as well when our government is uh, extending these shutdown orders. Uh, we need to consider that we have to build what's called herd immunity to this, where, you know, like 75% of the population has antibodies to this particular virus. Uh, and then, you know, 25% of us will still get sick, but 75% of us won't. And of that 25, you know, some will recuperate at home. Some will go to the doctor and get uh, medicine. Some will be hospitalized. And uh, sadly, like every flu season, some will die. Um, and, you know, we don't want to downplay death. Uh, this week alone, you know, um, I lost two friends. Well, my pastor's father, I guess I can't call him a friend because I never met him, 
but he died of old age. And, you know, it's a sad thing because we're a tight-knit community. We all feel uh, bad for the pastor and his family. Also, uh, a, a friend of mine, um, I went to school with his kids, and then he and I became friends later. Um, you know, he passed away. Um, he just one day recently um, found out he had cancer and he was at an advanced stage and said, nope, I'm going to go be with my wife. And he passed away of uh, cancer. Um, sadly, his wife preceded him in death a few years ago from cancer. Um, so, you know, that's, that's tragic, man. We don't sit here and downplay cancer just because, you know, oh, well, everybody gets cancer. Um, a lot of people in my area do get cancer, and we don't take it as a joke. So, obviously, we shouldn't take, you know, coronavirus as, a, well, COVID-19 as a joke. There are many coronaviruses, by the way. So, when you're reading your can of Lysol, which actually does kill the virus, uh, within time uh but you know when it says corona human coronavirus it's not specifically talking about covid19 you know the common cold is a coronavirus um <clears throat> the flu that we all know of the basic flu not bird flu and swine well bird and swine flu were too but um anyways those are all coronaviruses Flus, colds, stuff like that. So anyways, moving right along. Let's talk about Jen Michael, Mike Flynn. Mikey Flynn. So, um, recently, okay, there was a cat named Michael Flynn who was um, caught up in the FBI's attempt to rid rid us of President Trump. And podcast people Whenever you hear a long pause, it's because I'm relighting my stogie because it went out as I was talking. Um, Trump, you know, we all know the FBI and, well, let's clear something up. Like Don Jr. did the other day. Okay. Um... The rank-and-file FBI is okay. The people that kick in doors and, you know, arrest pedophiles and drug dealers and terrorists and those people are all, those are okay. But what has happened is the bureaucrats did not want Trump to be president because he was going to shake up what... The establishment does in Washington. 
okay? He was going to shake up the career politickens and so on and so forth. Is so forth, forth so, so going forth. Um, so this is an article from Red State. Uh, surprise, surprise, I did a search and couldn't find any mainstream media articles um, about this. What a shock. So, President Trump strongly considering full pardon of General Michael Flynn. Here's the backstory by Elizabeth Vaughn. Okay. On Sunday afternoon, this is an older article, by the way. Uh, let me give you a date. This is from March 15th, 2020, so it's not that old. Um, Sunday afternoon, President Trump sent the following tweet. So now it is reported that after destroying his life and the life of his own wonderful family and many others also, the FBI, working in conjunction with the Justice Department, has lost records of General Michael Flynn, who, how convenient, I am strongly considering a full pardon. Long after, okay, back to the article. The long-suffering General Michael Flynn served briefly as Trump's, Trump's <laughs> National Security Advisor, NSA, in an order... To un in order to understand Flynn's long legal journey over the past three years, one must be aware of the animosity <coughs> President Trump, or pardon me, President Obama and his top intelligence officials felt toward him. Flynn had served as director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA, during the Obama administration from July 2012 to August 2014. Through his tenure, Flynn found himself strongly and frequently at odds with the administration's policies on ISIS and the Iran nuclear deal, among other things, which put him at odds with the Obama-friendly deep state. Following his ouster, Flynn's public remarks deepened the riff. For instance, in November 2015, this was before Trump was even president. In November 2015, during an appearance on Fox News, Flynn called for an investigation into the ISIS intelligence intel skewing scandal, recommending that it start right at the top. Over the transition period, Flynn, who had already been tapped as Trump's NSA, held several conversations with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak Kisk Kisk during one of the calls Kislyak brought up Obama's just-announced sanctions. Although it was perfectly legal for Flynn to discuss the sanctions with Kislyak, for whatever reason, he chose to lie to Vice President Pence about the calls, and Trump quickly fired him. Kisclier had been under U.S. surveillance, and Obama intelligence officials had access to 
recordings and transcripts of his calls. After listening to the calls, several of Obama's DOJ officials decided Flynn was in violation of the Logan Act, a law enacted in 1799 which prohibits private citizens from acting on behalf of the United States in disputes with foreign governments. No one has ever been prosecuted under this law. Washington Examiner, New York Brian, or Brian, the Washington Examiner's Byron York explains. The Obama officials also said they were concerned by reports Flynn in conversations with Vice President Pence had denied discussing the sanctions. This, the officials felt, might somehow expose Flynn's Expose, expose Flynn to Russian blackmail. So Obama appointees atop the Justice Department, Department sent FBI agents to the White House to interview Flynn, who was ultimately charged with lying in that interview. You can probably guess their, they, their expressed concerns that Flynn might become a target of Russian blackmail scheme was a lie. This was a setup. PJ's PJ Media's Deborah Heine. Obama already despised Flynn, but his hate likely turned to fear as former DIA decided to throw his support behind Donald J. Trump, another boat rocker who had a real chance of winning. Obama made a point after the 2016 election of advising Trump not to hire Flynn, but Trump didn't listen. Next thing Flynn knew, government spies were listening in on his on his phone conversations with Kiskley 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 Kisliak, where Kisliak, Kisliak, gosh darn it, Russian names. Why can't this be like named Smith or something? His name was unmasked by someone in the Obama administration, and the contents of the calls were leaked to the Washington Post's David Ignatius, which remains the only serious crime to have emerged from the investigation. So by leaking his uh, classified phone conversations and um, transcripts that were taken by the government while they were spying on Flynn, leaking that to the Washington Post was actually a crime, but never prosecuted. Dan Bongio Bog Bong Inio Inno explains the consequence of of events on his podcast. Flynn's opposition to the Iran deal that he had information on how dangerous the deal was for the U.S. Because of this and Flynn's knowledge of other administration business. They needed to make Flynn go away. 
He knows too much. He's got the goods. Obama officials watch Flynn supporting Trump on the campaign trail. They are afraid of what he might reveal. Obama spoke to Trump trying to discourage him from hiring Flynn, and Trump hires him anyways. December 29, 2016, two important events occurred. Mike Flynn was vacationing in the Dominican Republic where he did not have secure communications. Uh, the Obama team knew this. Obama needs to do something to piss off the Russians but not start World War III. Hoping that they will contact Flynn, and they do. Obama orders sanctions against Russia, expels 35 diplomats in retaliation for their interference in our election, which wasn't true. Why would he do this nearly two months after the election? As the Obama team hoped, Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak calls Flynn in the Dominican Republic. They discuss events of the day, including the sanctions. And the Obama team now has a transcript and a recording of the call. They use this later when agents interview Flynn. They know that Flynn will not remember the details of the call and they will use this in the future to set him up for a false statement charge. So they charged him with making false statements and wrecked his life, basically. On January 12, 2017, an Obama official leaked Flynn's name and details of the December 29, 2016 call with Kislyak to David Ignatius of the Washington Post, who then published a story about it. The identity of the leaker is unknown. <laughs> Whoever leaked this was committing a felony. So, again, the Obama administration had this information leaked, and that leak was the only actual crime to come out of the whole Russian collusion investigation. Okay, January 24th, 2017, FBI agents arrived unannounced at the White House to question Flynn, omitting the fact they were conducting a criminal interview. Both agents have said they believe Flynn had been untruthful in answering his questions, yet Flynn is later charged with lying to the FBI. In December 2018, Flynn fires his legal team and hires Sidney Powell. The intrepid Sidney Powell at a September 2019 hearing accuses prosecutors of egregious misconduct hiding exculpatory evidence. Specifically, she reveals the existence of a DOJ memo dated January 30th, 2017, which exonerates Flynn from colluding with Russians. See, so again, there was no Russian collusion as Flynn was charged. 
Investigative journalist Sarah Carter said, this document is currently under protective order and Powell is working with prosecutors to get it disclosed. And the memo is only part of the Brady material Powell is demanding. The date of this memo is especially relevant because as stated in former FBI James Comey's memo, memo written immediately after the February 14th Oval Office meeting with Trump, he asked him to end the investigation on Flynn. Trump's words to Comey, according to this memo, were, I hope you can see your way clear to get to let Inglis go, letting Flynn go. He's a good guy. I hope you can let this go. Comey used these remarks as a basis of Trump's obstruction of justice in the uh, justice case against Trump. Further, it was also revealed that at this hearing, at the same time, for, uh, former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe had advised Clinton to violate the, had not, ah, shit fire. Further, it was also revealed at this hearing, at the same time, former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe had advised that Flynn had not violated the Logan Act. So they were setting Flynn up from the beginning and were basically trying to get the FBI, the bureaucrats at the top that were still loyal to the Obama administration, were trying to get Flynn to work against Trump. And this is when the false narrative about Russia colluding with Trump to change the outcome of the 2016 election when we all know Hillary was much closer with the Russians than Trump was. Um, the, the Uranium One deal is an example of that um, where Hillary sold a ton of our uranium to Russia. Um, ridiculous, right? So if anyone was colluding with Russia to get elected president, it was it was Hillary. Um, so there goes that. Waiting to see if my camera cuts me off at uh, one hour. Um, so you have FBI people at the tip, as AOC would say, at the tippy top, um, getting caught up in this uh, go get Flynn thing in order to get at Trump. Um, it seems as though in more do as more documents come up that they were trying to get him to sign something, work out a plea with him to get him to go against Donald Trump and say that Trump had 
you know, worked with Russia or that the Russian government was working to get Trump elected. Um, you know, Trump has avoided a lot of problems. When Obama was leaving and Trump was coming in, Obama expressed that there was a coming war with uh, North Korea. Uh, Hillary talked much about a war with Russia. Why these, you know, supposed peace-loving Democrats were so heck-bented on these wars boggles my mind. Um, I don't see, I don't want to see the United States go to war with anyone unless that one is a direct threat to our, uh, not just national interests, but to our safety. And Trump has avoided these things with North Korea and with Russia. He's been hard on Russia, China, and North Korea. He's been harder on them than any administration. Uh, there are links in the description. I'm not going to read this other article. But there are links in the description on YouTube and maybe someday on Anchor uh, to these articles that show uh, you know what the deep state was doing and so on and so forth. Um, but there are people in government, in the bureaucracy, not necessarily the rank and file members of, say, the FBI or CIA, that their whole gig in life is making money off of being bureaucrats. And they are highly paid, and they probably get money on the side from um, other actors in the military-industrial complex to keep us at war. You know, since the end of World War II, we've essentially been in a constant state of war. We went with the United Nations into Korea. And I'm not detracting from the soldiers who fought these wars, but I'm just stating a point. Um, you know, we went into Vietnam pretty much on our own, but with, you know, some French and British troops and others. Mostly the United States, though. In fact, I don't, I don't even know if any other country was really involved like we were. Um, then, you know, after Vietnam, you know, we had some skirmishes here and there throughout the 80s. 1990 and 91, we had the big sort of big fight with Iraq Iraq, to get them out of Kuwait. Um, and then through the 90s, we were like the world police, you know, getting involved in things everywhere. Um, but that wasn't good enough. Uh, 
and there were certainly people in government that wanted a big war for whatever reason I don't know I do not know and um, they wanted a big war with Korea they wanted a big war with Russia why I mean money follow the money Money talks and bullshit walks, right? That, that's all. That's all I can say. I'm not going to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole uh, with anything, but you know, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn had his life ruined. He's been bankrupted with attorney fees uh, in order to try and stay out of jail when he could have taken a plea bargain. Uh, and, you know, said, you know, something negative about Trump that wasn't true, but that the FBI and the DOJ could use to, you know, impeach Trump with help from Pelosi and the Democrats. And Trump is shaking a lot of shit up in Washington. And, you know, there are people hanging around that, you know, you don't realize are loyal to one themselves, but they were Obama or Clinton appointees. And so they're part of this, you know, deep state where they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to lose their income. They don't want to lose their millions in, you know, side deals that they get for, you know, being powerful U.S. bureaucrats. So, we'll end it there. Uh, so, hopefully Michael Flynn is freed. Trump may do a full pardon on him. But, uh, this new attorney of his may get him completely off the hook anyway. So, uh, we'll see how this saga unfolds. Uh, evidently, you have to go to redstate.com to get this information because... Those were the top links I found when I did a Bing search. I didn't find anything. Surprise, surprise. Golly shazam. Uh, in the mainstream media about this. So, with that, good night. God bless you. Have a wonderful life. This baby gonna stoke up? What's up? Let's write the stogie one more time. There we go, baby. Get that baby smoking good for you. Get a good cloud of smoke going for YouTube.